Thank you for checking out this resource from Grace Chapel in Skinny Atlas, New York. If you'd like to find more like this, or you'd like to learn a little bit more about our church, you can do so by going to gconline.org. And now let's jump into this week's message. How's everybody doing? It's Labor Day weekend. Yeah. You know what? I, it's interesting. Labor Day weekend is always the mark of the end of summer, right? Um, and the fair. We always use that as a marker, too. When the fair ends, it's like fall begins. And so this, uh, this idea of transition. And I know for a lot of the, the young people in this room, you are excited. You're excited because school is about to start. And you can't wait. Right? All right. And then uh, teachers, I know you're excited too uh, to get in those classrooms and, and uh, be assisting these kids in their education. But, you know, it's, it's a time of transition. So what, what we've done is uh, we have a vision Sunday on the, on the 17th and the 24th. have two Sundays where we're going to be talking about where we're going as a church, the ground we want to take as a church for this coming year. There's really cool things that we're going to be sharing with you and excited about that I believe God is doing here. And uh, those are going to be those two weeks. Then we've got this week and next week. And so it's hard to do like a series uh, of sorts. But I wanted to do something that felt timely, something that really dealt with the transitions of life. And so today I'm going to be speaking from a passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 5. And I've entitled it, Don't Waste Your Life. Don't waste your life. Have you ever had a moment where you've done something and you said, well, that was a waste of time? We've all been there. Have you ever purchased something and said that was a waste of money? You know, that infomercial late at night and you bought into it? I've been there. It was some exercise equipment. I'm just going to tell you, it was a good deal for a reason. And uh, so it wasn't everything I thought it was going to be. But there are those moments in life that we look back and we look at them and say, that was a waste. We all have those moments. Whether it's a wasted week, a wasted day, a wasted moment, the challenge is that we don't want to look back and say that was a wasted year. And even more tragically, this, that was a wasted life. And so how do we actually get in a place where we're not wasting this incredible gift that God has for us, the gift of time? So we're going to look at that today in Ephesians chapter 5. It's going to be uh, awesome. I'm, I'm excited about it. I want to take you there now, and let's, uh, let's begin our journey. In Ephesians chapter 5, uh, let me just preface this. In chapter 4, he's talking to the Ephesians church, and he, he's telling them this. Listen, you've come to Jesus. You've placed your faith in Jesus, and so now you are different. You're a child of God. You're a Christian. Don't live like you used to. 
and he goes through a litany of things. He says, don't walk like the Gentiles walk. Walk as children of light. He uses another phrase in verse 1 of chapter 5, and he says this, be imitators of God as dear children. And so he keeps pressing this home. He said, if you're a believer, don't live like an unbeliever. If I summed it up. Kind of important. That's a big deal, right? So now we get down to some of the how-tos later on in this passage. And in verse 15, I'll begin reading from 15 to 21. And he says this. Look carefully then how you walk. Another word that would translate well in there is look carefully then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So as we go down through this passage, there are three things that I'm going to point your attention to, words that he uses very intentionally in this passage. And the first one is found in the first two words. He says, look carefully. Look carefully at how you live. And what we see, the first thing that I want you to write down if you're taking notes is this. Evaluate the direction of your life. Evaluate the direction of your life. The idea that he uses this word carefully means to Look at it with precision and also with exactness. It's this idea. That's what the, the, the original word means. Use with precision or exactness. So he says, look at your life with precision. Look at it carefully. The opposite would be look at it carelessly. Like, it just doesn't matter. I'm just going through life. Don't worry about anything. It's just another day. And you're kind of just walking carelessly through life, trying to enjoy what's there. And then the opposite is looking at it with exactness and precision and looking at it carefully. I want you to think of it this way. If you went to the doctor and you had some tests done, and it comes back and they say, well, we saw a bunch of stuff, but I'm not worried about it. Um, it'll all work out. You'd be like, Doc, it's all, all just going to work out? Yeah, you know, I've got a new motto. Don't worry. <laughs> I have a new model, and that is figure out what it is. And I want a second opinion. <laughs> we would never accept that in the medical world. If you went to a doctor, you would want them to use precision and exactness in helping determine what's going on so that you could what? So you could treat it properly. 
And he uses that word very intentionally in this passage. And he says, look at your life with precision. Don't look at it like carelessly and flippantly. It's important. I want, I'll take you down through a couple categories here just so that we can get some tangible uh, teeth into this. Look at your faith carefully. What do you see? What's your faith look like if you took a moment and not carelessly, but carefully with precision looked at it? What do you see in regard to your faith? Look at your relationships with precision. What do you see in the context of your relationships? It's funny with, in regard to that, I was, I was talking to some folks and it was years ago and I said, you know, what's the most important relationship you have in life? They said, it's my marriage, it's my husband or my wife. So, okay. How much time do you invest in that relationship? Because you just declared it was the most important human relationship in the world. But what's weird about that is most of us would say that if we're married. That's the most important human relationship that I have. And yet sometimes we just kind of go through life. 10 years marriage, 20 years marriage, 30 years marriage. Listen. The badge that we get isn't, I endured it. <laughs> the badge that we should get is, I enjoyed it. And what makes the difference is when you invest in it. It's critical. I think too many people are going for the wrong badge. I made it. I endured it. So you look at faith, you look at friends, you look at family, you look at vocation. I'm going to even throw this out here. Look at the recreation, the things that you do when you have downtime. And just to answer this question, is it important? Is there value in it? Or is it a waste of time? It's important. It's important for us to ask. So evaluate, first of all, the direction of your life. The next thing is this. Exercise wisdom in living your life. The end of 15 and the beginning of 16 says this. Look carefully then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. He's making a comparison. We have a choice. We're either going to live as a wise person or as an unwise person. But then he follows it up and he says this, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. So his comparison here is saying, if you want to be wise, use your time well. It was funny. Uh, it was last night. It was yesterday morning, actually. I was having some fun. It was early. And I said, let me get some fun facts that are recent regarding how we use our time. And uh, I wrote them down for you. Let me just... Uh, read a couple. For the average person in life, we spend three months of our life in traffic. That's crazy, right? We spend 25 years sleeping. 
I think that merits a good mattress. <laughs> I'm just saying, if we're spending 25 years there, man, I want to sleep well. <laughs> we spend about 90% of our time indoors. That was a shocker to me. Thank you for the people who work outside because otherwise it would probably have been 95%. But here's where these ones really sent a chill down my spine. It was individually we spend about 11 hours a day using some form of social media. 11 hours a day. We work about 10.3 years of our life. I was like, maybe I'm not as working as much as I thought I was. <laughs> maybe I should be retired right now. <laughs> uh, the other one, though, in comparison to that, listen, we work about 10.3 years of our life. You watch TV for an average of 9.1 years in an average lifetime. 9.1 years. Wisdom, he says, in regard to time. There's a couple quotes that have always been something that resonates with me. The first one is by Chuck Swindoll when he says this, time is like a coin. You can spend it any way you want, but you can only spend it once. I don't care how, you, you chose to spend today here. Once it's done, you don't get to spend it again. It's done. It's forever spent. You can look back and review things, but you can't relive things. Time's unique that way. He actually uses a word here, and I want to highlight this. There's two words that they use in the original to talk about time. Chronos is one. It's basically just the measurement of time. It's like a watch. And then there's the other one that he uses in this passage, and it's kairos, which means a specific allotted amount of time. You know what's unique about all of us? We're different in so many ways. We're different vocationally, probably. We're, we're probably different economically, socially, relationally, have all of the, these differences. But the one thing we have in common is time. You don't get more than me. I don't get more than you. We have 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, 12 months in a year. All of us. It's not a matter of equality. It's a matter of how we're using it. The word he uses in this passage, he says, in the King James, I like the way it's phrased, says redeeming the time because the days are evil. That word redeem means to rescue from waste. Why? Because we're either, either going to be in a position of, I wish I wouldn't have done it, or I'm glad I chose to do it. It's either regret or this sense of fulfillment. I liken it to money. You know, if you have a lot of money, I had a friend... He, he, uh, he was dating this girl whose father was really wealthy. I said, well, how much money does he have? Because I was at his house, and it's a mansion. And they had, you know, their own staff and all of this. And I was like, whoa, 
It's a lot of money. I said, how much does he have? And he goes, I asked him that once. He said, I have so much, I don't even know how much I have. I go, wow, that's a lot of money. <laughs> you know, the problem with that is this. You don't really care how you're using your money because you got so much money. I'm trying to relate to him, trying to write him, email him. You know, if you need help with that, we have tax write-offs here at the church. But the reality is when you have a lot of it, you're not concerned about it. You know where you find concern is when you have a little. You look and you're like, ah, you're making choices. Those choices are based on the fact that you don't have much to go around, so you need to know what to say no to so you say yes to the right things. Time's the same way. If we go through life carelessly and we just think, well, I've just got so much of it, it doesn't matter. Kairos means this. You have only this much time. You're either wasting it or you're investing it. But you don't get any more. Only God knows what that amount or a lot of time is. It's powerful. The last thing is this. He continues to go in that passage, and he says in verse 17, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. He goes, based on time, based on wisdom versus those who are unwise, based on living carefully, not carelessly, he said this, understand what the will of the Lord is and do it. Here, the question is, when we're going through life and we're choosing to do something, if we're going to be careful, not careless, ask this question, is this something God would approve of? Is it something he would be happy with? I've often thought that some of the greatest challenges we have in life is not trying to pursue the right things, but to stop the wrong things. I really do believe that. The more I live, the more I recognize that people have a heart's desire to do what's right and to pursue these certain things, but there are things in life that need to be stopped so that time can be given to the other things and and advance further. And so I, I, I beg the question when we talk about understanding what the will of the Lord is, what in your life, what in my life do we need to say no to that has no value? Or, I, I know this to be true, not everything in life has equal value. There are some things that are more important than other things. And to give ourselves to the most important things is critical because you only get to do it once. So here we look at this and I challenge us to think of it. What today, if I evaluate my life, if I look at it carefully, what do I need to let go of? What do I need to say no to? What do I need to stop doing so I can start doing other things? And then prioritize those most important things. I'll leave you with this quote. It's um, C.S. Lewis. 
I love his writing, and he said this. He was talking about faith being intentional. But he said this, the only thing Christianity cannot be is moderately important. Did you catch that? It's like, yeah, you know, I'm, follow I'm a follower of Jesus. Is it the most important thing in your life? Or is it just a part of your life? Is it just something you do? Or do you realize I have a new identity? I am not who I was, and God has forever changed me, and so now my life evidences it by the choices that I make, by the investments that I make. Man, that is powerful stuff. So the three takeaways today, evaluate the direction of your life. Are you being careful or careless? Number two, are you using the allotted time that God has given you here on this earth? It's either being wasted or invested. And the last thing is this, are you investing your life into what matters? Are you pursuing the will of God? And what have you been willing to say no to? to accomplish it. So we're gonna, we're gonna uh, pray, but as we come to the end of the service, we have this moment that we're gonna observe communion. And in the passage of scripture that I'm gonna read to you, he uses this very similar word. He says, examine yourself. Examine yourself. That Jesus often called us not to look outwardly, but to look inwardly. What's going on inside and what's being evidenced outside? Let this be a moment. Let this be a moment to carefully look. So I want to just pray, and then we're going to take a moment. So Father, thank you for these times, these moments that you have given us. Thank you for the time the time that we have to consider our life, our future. We don't know how much time we have. But God, you have given us every minute for a purpose. Help us to live in the fullness of that time and that purpose. And we give you glory in the name of Jesus. Amen.